the City Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Keys to the City. I'm your host, Trevor Keys, alongside the big brother, Ted Keys. You can check out Keys to the City on all social media platforms. For live shows, check it out on Facebook, YouTube, as well as Twitch. But if you don't get to check out the live, you can check out the audio at Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, as well as CT Politics Live if you have Fire Stick, Roku, and Amazon, like I said. Gesundheit. Gesundheit, Ted. But it is another football Friday. Last night, the breaking news: Aaron Judge has officially been claimed as we all, not as we all expected, overwhelming to win the AL MVP overall. Shohei Otani. But we are here talking about a football Friday. We're trying to get on the Nolan Rich, but if he comes on, he comes on. If he doesn't, love to get him on, possibly to talk some New York Jets because we are going to be talking New York Jets and New York Giants in make or break games. We are six weeks. Are seven weeks left of this NFL season, and the Giants and Jets have some oof, have a rough, rough schedules ahead. We'll talk about them, and we'll be talking about. I don't know if anybody remembers the name Mario Mendoza. Maybe for baseball fans, they know why. You ask because there's a game this weekend that represents maybe to us the version of the Mendoza line game. We'll talk about that a huge showdown in that game and why we use the term Mendoza line. But let's start off. This season has been anything but predictable. We do not know what to expect each and every week. We do not know what to see. Maybe one week we get one of the best performances from the season, some great teams. Next week, they show duds. But one of the teams that have been very disappointing this year coming into this 2022 season has been the Green Bay Packers, specifically not just the Green Bay Packers franchise, but Aaron Rodgers as a whole, Ted. And last night, you're thinking, hey, they come off a huge win, come from behind win. Maybe that's more on Dallas's part than Green Bay's part, coming back and winning a huge game on last Sunday night. And then thinking the short week, hey, you get Tennessee, they have a lot of injuries. But Tennessee, Tennessee, man, they remind me of like they're the AFC version of the New York Giants, it seems like, because you got Tannehill, Daniel Jones, very similar. Offensive lines are pretty decent. Defenses have been playing great, solid, great coaching staffs, good good special teams. But then you got the two dominant forces in the backfield and Saquon and, and Derrick Henry, and they've managed to find a way to continuously win and win and win. It isn't pretty either by either franchise, but they continuously have won this season, especially the Titans over past years. They just win and win and win. But the Green Bay Packers, a team that has had high high expectations for the past stuff. Well, when you have Aaron Rodgers, when you have guys all-time greats on your team, you expect high expectations. And last night, Malted, have we seen the end of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Because you made a, a very intriguing statement last night after last night's game. Might as well share. Yeah, that. I mean, no. I mean, he, he, I, I wish I was as fired up as I was last night, but I'm like, he's old, bro. He's done. I'm like, you could just watch the game until he's he's done. Like, I was looking at stats today, and, and I don't need stats to prove my point, but if you just were a creature of habit and you watched the Packers for the past years, what made Aaron Rodgers so successful, and you think about it even in his younger years, was his ability to extend plays, his mobility. You know, he, how many times did he scramble and get first shots? Right now, at this point in his career, he has the least amount of scramble rushing yards he's ever had in his career. He doesn't move out of the pocket. He does not move out of the pocket. Watch the game last night. 
He just keeps backdropping, backdropping, backdropping. He doesn't move out of the pocket. And he had good protection for most of that game last night. Uh-huh. But he was never be able to extend the play, get outside the pocket, you know, flick it with his – I mean, it's just not there. He's old, bro. He's old. I, and I was saying this last night, and this goes back to the Tom Brady thing. We give these two guys passes because I get it. They're first power Hall of Famers. Those two guys – are going to go down as top five quarterbacks of all time. Maybe Rodgers might not be in the top five because he doesn't have multiple Super Bowls, but some people would put him in the top five. But, you know, we always talk about skill, and Aaron Rodgers has every skill that you would ever want to create in a quarterback. Mind, arm, athletics, everything. can make every throw. And they're, and they're cerebral on in the field, but he's old, bro. Like, you could tell, like, look at the two teams this year. Look at Tampa and, and Green Bay. Green Bay had a 95% chance of making the playoffs this year. It was the greatest chance of anyone in the entire NFL this year to make, make that's the playoffs. remarkable. They that's have a remarkable. 5% chance right now. They're garbage, bro. They've lost six out of seven. They should have lost seven out of seven. Yeah. But when do we, here's the thing. And, Tony Kornheiser, thing. and we were just, hold on. Let me, let me say something. Let me say something. Tony Kornheiser just made a good point when we were listening to PTR right before the show. When, when teams like the chiefs lose or the bills or the Patriots back in the day, or the Ravens or the Buccaneers, we all blame the quarterback. But when the Packers lose, it's everybody but Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, well, because you ever notice, notice that? You ever notice well, that? Like, this. last night he's talking about his thumb. He's like, "Yeah, my thumb's been still bothering me since the Jets game." Like, dude, no one cares if it's bothering that bad. Then don't play or shut the hell up. Like, shut the up, bro. No one cares. You're a clown, bro. You're too busy on the Pat McAfee show talking about this and that. You're a clown, bro. You missed too many throws last night. It's on you. Take the blame and say, you know what? I sucked. That's what exactly what you just said. Not my teammates. They did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, my defense didn't play that great, but you missed way too many throws for a first ballot Hall of Famer who's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Way too many throws. Had Sammy Watkins crossing the middle, middle of the field. Should have been an easy pass. Not even close, bro. Yep. Christian Watson, third down, coming across. Bang, miss. Then he goes like this. It's on you. You missed too many passes. Who are you going to And that's the thing. You had it's, protection it... last night. You had decent – you were decently running the ball. I know your defense didn't play great last night, but you—if you played where Aaron Rodgers should have been, you should have won the game. And that's you what I said. The other thing, you know, how you know Aaron Rodgers is old. You know why he stinks? Because the coach took the ball out of his hand this week against the Dallas Cowboys. He threw the ball what 20, 23 times this week. That means they did not have trust in Aaron Rodgers winning the game. That they had to run the ball thirty-five plus times to beat Dallas. And if it wasn't for Dallas's stupidity and the same old story with Dallas. Dallas should have ran Green Bay out of the, the field, out of the stadium. He's old, bro. He's going to be 39, what, 40 years old in like a week, a couple weeks. He's old. Look at the Tom Brady effect, bro. We're all like, oh, why is Tampa not that good this year? Because he's 45 years old. Look at all the quarterbacks in the league. I was making a statement about this. The league is changing. The pocket passer is dead. Now, somebody's going, well, what about Justin Herbert? What about Joe Burrow? They could still run. I don't know if you guys know, Justin Herbert ran like a 4-6 in the 40-yard cut. He can scramble if he wants to. Joe Burrow can get outside the pocket. You don't need to be Lamar Jackson. Daniel Jones, you don't have to be Justin Fields, but you got to be able to extend the play. The days of Matt Ryan and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are done. Tell me a really good quarterback who can't run, who's just stationary. I mean, like Phillip Rivers, stuck in the pocket. That doesn't happen no more. The pass rush, they were talking about this in football, and Trevor, this kind of goes back to what you sent me this morning in the NFL about how the running game is up this year, right? Because the defensive lines, what are they built for? Pass rush. We want mm-hmm. smaller D linemen that are quicker, faster. Even even the in, interior defensive linemen. You don't have guys that are like back in the day where you had like the two um 
Williams brothers or the Bears or the Vikings back in the day where you had those giant monsters in the middle of the field always dictating and pressuring, getting pressure into the middle. Now it's all about getting guys like Aaron Donald, fast, agile, athletic-type guys now. And that's and that's why the NFL is, well, as we said, we thought that the dying breed of the running game was there. But stats show that the running game is actually coming back. Slowly getting its back, getting its way back into the game of football, which it's a great thing. We need the physicality, and I think with the with the way the running game brings, and that's why Green Bay won on Sunday because they ran the ball with Aaron Jones. Heavily. They helped. They, they helped. Derek here's Kennedy, here's the thing. With, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's a funny stat for you. Aaron Rodgers has gone 16 straight games. You want to know how he's struggling bad? Under 300 my, yards. Under 300 right? games. The last time was in Week 13 of last season against the Chicago Bears. Quarterbacks, I'm going to give you quarterbacks like this. Think about this. Quarterbacks like Davis Mills has had three. Joe Flacco has had two. Josh Johnson, P.J. Walker, and Zach Wilson have all had more than 300-yard passing games. More than Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are in big trouble. The Packers are in big trouble because they're stuck with this contract. He's got $50 million coming to him this year and next year. His cap hit in three, two, three, two, three years is $59 million. It's the highest cap hit of anyone in the league. The Packers screwed themselves, bro. I don't know if we said this on the show or whatnot. They should have took a, a hit from Seattle and got rid of Aaron Rodgers when they could and, re- and rebuck the system. They are not a good team, okay? We, we've been talking about this all year. Oh, it was the Devontae Adams thing. We got that. That was the first storyline for the beginning of the season. That was the first excuse. That wasn't good enough. Then it was, oh, we got too many young receivers. Then we can't run the football. Then it was our defense. There is no more excuses. Watch the game last night. Ryan Tannehill was the best quarterback on the field. And here's the other big difference. Green Bay, they got outcoached again. Matt LaFour, I just wonder how good of a coach he really is and or if he's just been riding the coattails of Aaron Rodgers' two-time MVP rear end because that's what it looked like. Because he's getting outcoached again and again. And I just think that he had a better team with an MVP quarterback and he was able to ride the coattails. I get it. A couple of years ago, we had to say, is Aaron Rodgers dead? Should we trade for him? What should we do for him? They drafted Jordan Love. It reboots his system. He goes two time MVP. I felt like, okay. like, like he's I, old, bro. You could see it. He's not as good. He misses way too many throws. There's something wrong with this team and it's just not the receivers. Okay. There's a there's a big problem. They should flip the script, trade him, go get as many assets as you can because the Jordan Love pick is going to be one of the worst picks ever. He's never going to take another snap for the Green Bay Packers. He's going to have, what, two game starts in a five-year career? This more and more reminds me just of the New York Yankees just because of the fact that we it's kind of been built. Well, it seems like, not the guys way on, too long. No, not that. No, 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 no. It just seems like this has been brewing. With the Green Bay Packers for some time, it just got everything just got minuscule and just it just got carried under the uh, under the sheets of the carpet, I should say, under the carpet. That just in the sense that they kept getting to the playoffs, but they can never get over the hump. It just felt like this was just more brewing and brewing over years. Now we're just finally seeing kind of the demise of the Green Bay Packers, kind of how it was at the end of the days of Brett Favre. Like you always had Brett Favre, you always had oh well, we got Brett Favre, we're gonna be fine. But then, but then, hold on. But then, as you got older. It, it just seems like each and every want, year it's the same old score. Like the Yankees, the only thing that the reason the Yankees, it's different from the Packers, I guess specifically this year, is that the Yankees made it to the playoffs. It gets covered up, but it's the same old story with these two franchises. Listen, you want a you want a better franchise thing for it? Here's a good one. It's called the Seattle Mariners. From 95 to 2001, they were one of the best teams in baseball. 
95 to beat the Yankees in wild card. They had Ken Griffey, Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez, Randy Johnson, A-Rod, Stack, 2001 team, won the most games ever in baseball history during the regular season. Never won a World Series. Kept getting to the conference championship. Couldn't get over the hump. Couldn't, couldn't, be, couldn't get over the Yankees. Couldn't beat this team. Never won a championship. And then what happened? They went on the longest streak without making the playoffs. That's what I feel like is going to happen to the Packers. Because I don't see the situation getting any better. They're stuck in a cap, salary cap situation with Aaron Rodgers. All mm-hmm. right. Maybe next year they'll get the younger receivers will play better, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. The Randall Cobb experiment. See you later, bro. I know he had a good game last night, but it's like, stop getting these guys that are older, bro. Like younger. The Jordan Love pick waste. Offensive line has issues. You know, like And they don't draft off and they don't I draft would, offensive I weapons. This team has finally the wick has exploded, has hit the bomb and has exploded. They made all these conference and championship games. It's over, bro. Th- this whole party is over. Party's over. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what, I mean, it really, I mean, last night I was in, you know, I had a couple of drinks. I was watching the game and I was more fired up and I had more intellectual answers to this, but he's old. He's done. The reason why I said what I said last night, I tweeted it out was I watched the game and I'm like, that's not Aaron Rodgers, bro. And you can say, oh, you had a bad game. It was cold. Maybe it affected his thumb. It doesn't matter. It's not an excuse. He's not the excuse. You, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get those passes, guys. He does not get this pass. We've been blaming everyone else all season. There is no more excuses. You can't keep blaming everyone else. Sometimes you really just got to look in the damn mirror and say, it's really me. I yeah, stink. like I say, related and to then that's, And what I'm saying is their schedule going forward is not much easier. I don't no. see them. They're not making the playoffs, okay? So that's over. So if you're a Packer fan, just look to the draft next year and find out who you can draft, all right? And if I'm the Packers, I know here, – here's the funny part. Do you sit the $50 million man on the bench or you ride it out throughout the season – and because my thing is this, you got Jordan Love. Like, what are you doing? Like, should you at least try to play him for the last five games and see if you get anything out of him? Maybe if he plays well, even if you lose, you can trade him for a fifth-round pick because that's the biggest waste of first-round pick I've ever seen. I mean, Trevor, he's going to have two games under his entire career. He's going to play five I mean, years. I mean, I mean Kadarius Tony might have an argument for that. but <laughs> No, he's, actually, he's going to be a Hall of Famer right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's dead. It's already going to come out. He's going to be a stud watching this week. Yeah, two starters. Speaking speaking of the New York Giants, let's get over to the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Two of the biggest. We just talked about probably the biggest disappointment, maybe in the NFC side of of the football world. But let's get over to the NFL surprises of the season and the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Huge games for both franchises right now. The New York Jets coming off the bye, six and three. Ted, we actually will be joined with the Nolan Rich. He's going to jump on. Just oh, been, talk, been communicating with him. He's getting ready oh, right now. Much. So we'll be getting to talk to the host of the Rich Sports Talk, Big Jet, avid fan, supporter. Check him out at YouTube. Nolan Rich will be on in a few. But we're going to talk about, like I said, the New York Giants and the New York Jets. You look at how these two franchises have been combined right now, 13-5 and five record overall. Giants, one game behind the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. The Jets are only a half game behind the Miami Dolphins and tied with the Buffalo Bills right now for the lead in the AFC East. What is going on in the year 2022 right now in the NFL world? The New York Giants and the New York Jets coming into the season with laughing stocks. We're getting, you know, give me victory. They were easy victories. Now, all of a sudden, uh-oh. It's a whole different ball game in the football in the New York world. As that water, like I said a couple weeks ago, the water must be different in New York right now. Because the New York Giants and New York Jets. But you look at these two matchups. The Jets just coming off the bye. Now playing against a team that Jesus cannot beat. 
in the New England Patriots, the New York Giants. Yes, seven and two and playing against a three and six Detroit Lion team. But a lot of people are intrigued in the fact of, well, can the New York Giants score 30 points? Because this is where the, the, the Detroit Lions have an explosive. They are a feisty, feisty team, and they can score. They got weapons on that entire offense. They can score. They just can't stop a nosebleed. So, Ted, I'll ask you, is this a make-or-break game for both the New York Giants and the New York Jets, knowing, knowing moving forward what the schedule, the strength of schedule, the New York Giants actually have the toughest remaining schedule left in the NFL with a 63.3% winning percentage their opponents have. So that means the Lions, Cowboys, Washington, Philly, Washington again, Minnesota, Colts, and then close out with the Eagles again. So is this a make-or-break game? I know that the Giants are 7-2 and two and looking great, but nobody, nobody is giving them any expectations of winning well, moving forward. Well, except I, us, I, except us. Yeah, well, uh, and you say, well, why is this a make-or-break? It, it shouldn't be. Well, here's the thing. The Lions have won two straight. All right. They just beat, they came back, beat the teach, uh, excuse me, Chicago Bears. And the week before, they had shut down Green Bay. They, they've looked good and they're feisty. And you were speaking about them, Trevor. You're speaking about their offense. The offense is six overall in the league, 11th in rush and eighth in pass and nine in score. They, they can put up points. They can, can put score, up points man. with the best of you. Yeah. I mean, look at when they played Philly early in the season, it was like 34 31. It might have even been higher than that. But they can put up points. Jared Goff, um, Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. But Amonte Brown on the outside, they MJ have weapons. Swift, Jamal Williams. I mean, so they got pieces. They can they can do Holy some things. Yeah, and and they're going to challenge the Giants' defense this week. So offensively, and you know the Giants got their nice game this week off the bye. They played the Texans. They did what they had to do. Of course, the game was closer than it had to be. But this is going to be a tough tough test for the Giants. And this is something we spoke about before the bye with the Giants with regards to win the games that you're supposed to win. And I get it. There's no such thing as win games that you're supposed to win the NFL. But you have – you're playing home against Detroit, right? You got two games within four days. You got to win this game against the Detroit Lions, especially knowing that in three days later you're going to you're going to Dallas. You got to play the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. You got to have all the old TV. The world's going to be watching. There's going to be hoopla. You don't want to lose and then have to have a short notice and have to go down to Dallas and then play Dallas. And then you have a two-game losing streak. And then then you just, you know, you don't know where the season now instead of being seven and you know, eight and three or even nine and two, now you're seven and four, and now things start changing. So you want to keep that momentum going. You got to take care of business. Now I always now this is not a more make or break game for the Giants, but this is a game that the Giants need to win. Okay. You got to keep that momentum. You got to keep keep proving people wrong because I still think a lot of the American people do not trust the Giants. I think I think other than if you're not a Giant fan, people do not have faith in the New York Giants. Now, with the Jets, this is – I feel like this – if it wasn't the first game and in, in, in MetLife Stadium wasn't big, this is even bigger. They've lost 13 straight against the Patriots. If you want to bring in Nolan on this so we talk a little bit about the Jets-Patriots game. But, well, I wanted, to, I wanted to give my point about the Giants quickly before I get well, into well, it. You talk about the Giants and we can talk about the Jets. Uh, here's the thing with both of these franchises, and I'll actually just bring in Nolan right now as we come in. And Nolan – and there he is, the host of the Rich Sports Talk. I'm just talking – we're just talking about the Giants and Jets currently, my man. And – I'm just saying about both of these teams. These are two teams that are used to just losing. If you look at the past 10 years, these teams have had the worst record, especially since 2016. Both have had tied for the uh, worst. I get, I get hear you guys. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Can't hear me? Can you hear us? Nope. Can you hear? It might be your computer. It might be no. your computer. You want to bring him back in? But Yeah. We'll try to get him back on. But see, his technical difficulties. But like I was going to say, once we get him back, is what I was going to say is that teams like this who are starting to win football games right now, you got to find ways. Are we good? 
Are we good to go? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Apparently, I think it was. Head... I think. I think it was your computer again. It might have been your computer. It might I don't know. It, it's uh, been the tech. It's been the tech here. Wi-Fi, everything today just decided not to work. So. I love it. so I was just saying that with these two franchises that have been losing franchises for some time now, they gotta, they gotta find ways to continue to deal with this winning you know how teams get happy a little happy overdose of happiness because of the sense that we're winning and winning they got to get used to winning and these are games that yes the giants especially going against the detroit lions team a feisty detroit Lions team but the, the specific of the jets a jets team right now that is in second place tied for the with the bills and only a half game back and playing a team that they just cannot get over the home and they already beat miami the, and they already beat miami they beat the Bills, but they can't beat the Patriots. So when you look at these two franchises right now, especially the Jets, can they figure out a way to just continue to play their game and 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 get over this losing mentality, which I know it's only been only nine games, but still, you gotta still get over that losing well, mentality because people just because of the free. but but because of people just the, the fact of the matter is people just don't believe in either one of these teams. Well, right. see, I think I think, a lot of that has to do with the quarterbacks, probably. See, I think I think part of it too, though, which has helped the Jets is that first time losing to the Patriots in a weird way, because I think that this team's going to show up. Because again, this was a game where you watch that game, the Jets had the better team. If it wasn't for a fluky, a terrible pass, you know, roughing the passer call that took a pick six off the board. And Zach Wilson throwing some of the worst interceptions you'll ever see in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jets, and even still, the Jets had an opportunity in this game. Like, Mac Jones doesn't scare me. And look, the Jets are in a position too where I, I do feel bad for Zach. I do think we have to remember that Zach's in a tricky spot this year because they've lost their best offensive playmaker, they've lost their best offensive lineman. And if I went to any team and I said, I'm going to take your number one offensive weapon and your number one offensive lineman, I guarantee most of those quarterbacks would be affected. But look, this is an opportunity. And it's funny because I think it means a lot more to the every game means a lot to the players. It's just it's a weird thing. And I think you guys have gone through this as giant fans too, where the fan bases are scarred from previous regimes. Well, ours would be ours would be Philly, no one. Ours would right. be Philly, where we could not be I think we had like nine straight losses against Philly. I know Dallas, where I think we're like on three years we haven't beaten them. And you know, like eventually you're like, you gotta start winning the division games and you start wondering if it's what's the issue? Like, can we just not beat Belichick? Can we just not beat the Philadelphia Eagles for some shaken reason? Like anything with Giants, always you wonder. Like Daniel Jones runs down the middle of the field, he falls down. Like in Philly, you know what I mean? Like the Deshaun Jackson thing. Like how many Philly Giant things have we seen? And it's, it's like, oh my god, it's, it's just, over. It's it's, it's like re- it's like on repeat. And that's why these two franchises got to figure out that mm-hmm. you got to adapt to winning now. Because right now, I know it's been a lot of losing, but now you're you're winning football games. It yeah, hasn't been look, pretty, but you're winning. And your Giants, I think it's a little bit – I think it's going to be interesting for both teams because both teams, I think, are different. We're desperate. The Patriots are now – if they – like, let's put this out there. If the Patriots lose, they're going to be 5-5 five and five in a division where the Jets will have seven wins and the, they would eliminate the tiebreaker. A yep. Bills team that you feel is at least going to get to 11-12 wins in the Dolphins. So it almost feels like if they beat the Patriots, they put the nail in the Patriots' coffin early in the season where – I look at the Lions, and I would be a little bit worried about this Lion team because you're going to learn a lot about this team because I know everyone loves Dan Campbell. I know he's great on TV, but I've always been someone that I haven't loved that hiring, and it drove me nuts last year when everyone's saying, look at what Dan Campbell's doing in Detroit. I'm like, 
You do know Robert Sala is missing half its freaking roster with a rookie quarterback, and they're doing a better job. But I think it's going to be telling because if this Lions team goes out there and lays an egg, like they have to now play for their coach because I do think Dan Campbell's seat has to be hot. I know it was a nice win over the Bears last week, but if you are the Lions, you have to look at this division being wide open now because it looks like the Packers' time is coming to an end and it's crashing and burning. You also have to look at, too, like Justin Fields is a talented kid. I still think there are warts to his game. I don't love him as a passer. He's still making costly turnovers like he did against the Lions last week. But if you're the Lions and you get top pick and you get one of these young quarterbacks, can you position yourself to be this the best team in this division? But the question is, is Dan Campbell the guy to do that? And, and like, you're and we're like see a we started lot. with the show, and no one, I don't know if you've heard the beginning of the show, but we'll get variable last night, right? Missing oh, yeah. starting center, missing his kicker, missing his cornerback, missing his safety. Don't he have any to do it. And, and, and out coaching teams. They didn't have a first down the whole second half against the Chiefs and took the Chiefs. He, to the Vrabel is the most underappreciated coach in the NFL. So I, your uh, point to Dan Campbell, when you go back to Salah, finally getting a healthy team, hmm. Dable doing the most with the amount that the Giants have. If you're looking at the Lions, you're like, I mean, golf's not bad, all right? But yeah. like, you have you have weapons. You have Monte Brown. You got two decent running backs. Your defense, I know, is weak, but but the biggest thing is they score. Like, the John, they, start, I know they score, but you need to start winning games because yeah, yeah you're not like the you have Aiden Hutchinson. You have that great top five corner. I mean, they have people on their defense, and I'm looking. Their division right now is the struggling Packers offense, the Vikings, who aren't a great offense outside Justin Jefferson, and you know the Bears. Like it's not like it's an offensive it's juggernaut. A so. It's a winnable division. and Moving look, forward, I don't know if this year is a winnable no, division. No, not this year, but I'm saying in the future for the Lions. Like, yeah. The question is, like, if you draft a young quarterback, do you trust Dan Campbell to get the most out of that young quarterback? I think this is a telling sign for both of these franchises in the sense for the Giants' purpose. Well, can the Giants score? <laughs> because we know the Lions can score. Hey, They've scored you everybody. Scored over 24 points. Guys, yes. all you need to know is what would we be doing at this time last year? We'd be on Tankathon. We'd be hate watching the scoreboard for draft picks, and we'd be already doing mock drafts. Like, oh, they're going to be in the top well, ten. You are These right. are the top ten prospects. I mean, for, I mean right. honestly, for us, we'd be going, okay, what quarterback are we going to draft next year? Are we drafting an now offensive lineman? Like, are we drafting next year? It's like what defensive player? Which, if you look at the draft, and I've already looked. You're going to see a lot of defensive players in the top yeah. ten picks this year. It's very deep defensive. Rich Speaking of defense, defense I'm, I'm glad about that. I'm glad you brought up defense. I'm going to bring this to Nolan because the New York Jets defense can they win with that ment- with this philosophy winning defensively because the offense hasn't looked pretty at times. They got playmakers. Right. I'm not saying that they haven't. Well, can they win with this style of play because of their they, defense? I think they need to emulate. Great, it's been great. No, I, I think they need to emulate the 0910 Jets, which is look, they don't have a sexy offense right now, but they have an offensive line that, even though it's banged up, they're a better run blocking unit. They're at their best when they're running the football. You saw it against the Bills. Like, even though it wasn't pretty in the first half, they wore that team out in the second. That's what they need to do. I love James Robinson. I love Michael Carter. I think they're very good running backs, but this defense, I mean, it, it's special because now they are getting to it with four pass rushers. And you as Giant fans know, like when the Giants have been at their best, it was getting home the front four. And when the Jets have two lockdown corners where your yeah. number one option and your number two option for wide receivers are taken out, and it's not even receivers. I mean, Sauce Gardner, they were putting him on Mark Andrews in week one. Like they are, they will put him on. If your best weapon's a tight end, they're going to put Sauce over him. And look, this defense is just. 
it's fast, it's physical, and this is what you imagine when Robert Sala took over. And look, I know Brian Dable will likely get the coach of the year, but I am surprised that Sala isn't mentioned more because this was the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL last year, guys. I mean, yes, they've added a couple of pieces, but I mean, Quinnen Williams looks like the best interior defensive tackle in football. You have Bryce Huff, who looks like a great specialist pass rusher, and you brought in DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, who if they're not one of the top three tandems, number one and two corners in the NFL, I I would like to see the role and see like one and two, who's a better combo than those two. And even Michael Carr, the second people don't realize is he has the 15th best PFF grade and he's their slot corner. So they've done a really good job building this defense and they can win with this defense. I mean, all you need to know is they took Josh Allen, who's likely this league's MVP and held them to under 50% passing. They can get after you. They can make you make mistakes and they are learning how to create turnovers and they have been doing that a lot better. And look, I think this defense can carry them. The question is, can the offense do enough, especially with all the injuries? Kind of, it's the same question. With? It's the same question with the Giants. I mean, because the mm-hmm. defense has been given the Giants opportunities offensively. Can both of these offenses move the ball and get into the end zone? Right, because but at I think times the, it's been it's been anemic. For right, but teams. I think the biggest difference though for the Giants though is they still have their number one playmaker. I mean, Saquon's still your number one playmaker, and I get yeah, they but they got lack, no receivers. Right, they lack the outside weapons. I get that, but like. Like even though the Jets have nice receivers, give I us Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Wilson and we'd be fine. Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy with like a Garrett Wilson. I swear to God. But like, still, just- like, but still, the Jets have had the issues with Elijah Moore. We're gonna see. I think we're gonna learn a lot this week if he, after the bye, is incorporated into this offense. Like they said, they're gonna put him in the slot. We will see. And part of it's also on Zach. Zach's got to learn how to go through the reads better, but. I mean, it's going to be tra- it's going to be a challenge for this Jet offense. But I think what Zach has to learn, you saw in the Buffalo game, is you don't have to be throwing three touchdowns and 250 yards. Just don't turn the football over. Um, the difference with the Giants is the QB's better. And look, I, I'll say Daniel Jones is playing better right now, just because he's but he's also been more experienced. Zach's still second year in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line, like the one thing about the Giant offensive line, it hasn't been great, but they've had better continuity than the Jets. I mean, the Jets. And they've played nine games. I think they've had the same combo on the offensive line for two of them. And I mean, it, it's tough because, like, you, you've seen it with the, the continuity. They have an abundance of good offensive linemen right now. Right. So, uh, Lemieux's back. Gates is back. Neil's going to be coming back in a couple. Of, like, they're going to be an uh, interesting thing after Thanksgiving where they're going to have to make some changes. In and the that's the thing because they that, these- I mean, they're going to have to put some guys in the practice squad or make some guys available because right now, they got depth, something that the Giants did not have the past couple of years. They have depth. And Matt Perk came back. I mean, you got guys coming back off of injuries and whatnot. So it's a, definitely is, a good thing for the Giants because that's the only thing we have is the running game. Why this is a make or break for both of these teams, like I said, the Jets remaining scheduled. Play the Pats, then the Bears, Vikings, Bills, Lions, Jacks, cool. Seahawks, Miami, and then the Giants have the toughest schedule remaining. Giants, listen, here's what you have to say, Trev. The Giants have four straight division games right yeah. after this. That yeah. This is 
Like yeah. if you and then the they Giants play Minnesota are, after that. They're eight and two, right? And yeah. then what we're going to see is what the Giants are really all about because we know doesn't matter what you look record. at Washington. But, Washington but don't look like no kids. I, 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 I want I want the Vikings flex the Sunday night football for the Jets game though. Like I, I'm praying at, at uh, NBC. Well, it, we, that. me and Trevor talking about if you look at week 15, it's the Packers Rams. I don't know if it's Monday night or Sunday night football. Like that they game changing Monday. They ain't changing Monday night. They're not. They, they, no, they have the option to change Monday. I don't know if they will for that one. But I'm probably just saying. not. But like if it's a Sunday night game or something like yeah. that game might, might as well be a tankathon. I mean, Sustin, I'm, all I can say is Justin Jefferson for Sauce Gardner, and I'd rather face Kirk Cousins at 8.30 oh, at night than 1 o'clock. Yeah, right. So, I mean, yeah, no, I don't want to go on game. Yeah, yeah. But Let look, me just I, th- say, go ahead. I think the Jets are going to win nine games, even if they struggle a bit. The big question is, is that going to be enough? Because the AFC has got a lot of teams, especially that have six wins already. So that's going to be the challenge. I feel like the Giants, like, because what's the remaining schedule after the Lions? I know you got the four division games. Cowboys, you play Cowboys at Cowboys. Then yeah, Washington, Philly, Thanksgiving, then Washington, Minnesota, then Colts, Colts. and Eagles. Now, are you more concerned about Washington now because they're playing better? Or That's what I was, was just gonna. I was gonna finish up with this for both teams for because we talked about um, on Tuesday, Nolan, about both the AFCs and the NFC is probably the two best divisions by far in football. Every team is over 500 right now. Yeah. There's no gimme victory in, in any no. of these. And even Washington, especially if, if we want to say, think Washington, at least we split, that would be fine. But with the way Washington's been playing, and if we don't want to doubt, if we want to doubt them, just go back and watch Monday night again. That's, just go that's back why I think them. this Jet game is even more critical. Both, at of, least these, that, both of these games are critical. For both well, if of the Jets franchises. win, the minimum they're going to do is split the AFC East. Because again, they have to go to Miami's the last game of the year now. Granted, it helps that you're playing. You'd rather play in Miami in January than in freaking October or September. But yeah, and who knows what the standings will be at that point? Maybe Dolphins or things will well, be you, locked the worst up. Case, but, the worst case scenario, you finish three and three in the division. Right, but yeah, Bills and Buffalo is still going to be tough. Even though, look, I I think there's something with Allen. And look, I've been saying this before the season when the Giants hired Dable. I said, look. I'm not as super – I think the Bills are one of the best teams in the, foot, the NFL, but everyone's saying, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't know. Losing Brian Dable I think is going to have a negative impact, and you've seen it the last has couple been, weeks because he's gotten more careless with the football. And what's the one thing Daniel Jones has been all season? He's been consistent with holding on to the damn football. And I think Dable has been instrumental to that. I think Dable kept checks on Josh Allen last year – reeled him in when he needed to reel him back in, kept his mechanics good when he needed the mechanics to be well. And right now, I don't think there's anyone in Buffalo that's reining him in and basically saying, you're you're playing wild and loose. Now, we'll see what happens. They play in Detroit, and then they play in Detroit again for yeah. Thanksgiving. I mean, NFL, have like you, seriously, you if you're going to put the Lions on Thanksgiving, like – Take them off. Hey, of it's, 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 it has to be. That's how it is well, with Dallas. I mean, put the, the Bears or something interesting. I want to see the even the Bills, like Josh Allen throwing left hand and going to beat them. Like, Well, here's the thing. I mean, have you seen Buffalo right now? First of all, who knows really? if the game's going to even be played I'm, on Sunday because they no, might not you, get out of Buffalo. But I was thinking about this. Giants and Lions both have to play on Thursday, and mm-hmm. so the Bills. So two, and we talk about health in the NFL. Both teams right. are going to be playing two games in four days. Nolan, you said, yeah, that's a good point. Health is and health. We've seen how the injuries have piled up for the New York Giants. Nolan, you said a guy a couple minutes ago, primetime games, primetime Kirk Cousins. Well, this week, you've heard of the Mario Mendoza line, right? The Mendoza line for baseball. Okay. Yeah. Well, for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, Mendoza line, 
for baseball fans is a baseball jargon for a sub 200 batting average, a supposed minimum threshold for competency at the major league level. So why did I bring this relate this to a huge game this Sunday between Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott? Because oh, I feel like because <laughs> I, I, I thought about this because thought, it, 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 it came up with this, this is, is Ted's idea. It used to be the Matt Ryan line. Yeah, know, like people are like you're either better, but Matt Ryan's old now. So we got to move it to two guys who are on pr- two pretty good teams, two talented teams. I mean, Minnesota has been one of the most talented teams the last couple of years. We know Dallas has always seems to be talented, but these two quarterbacks, when it comes to, you know, taking their team to another level, they falter. I mean, the facts are proven. I mean, we know Kirk Cousins, what, Monday night or primetime games, he's like 1-11. He's the worst Dak quarterback Prescott, in Monday night football history. Dak Prescott's 1-3 in, in four playoff games. Kirk Cousins is 1-2 in, in four playoff games. So they don't Basically, do well Cousins, in the Doesn't They're Cousins have a game. losing record like in the 430 window too? And like he also – I know they won, I guess, because they the London game, is that considered a primetime game? I consider it because it's a standalone game at 930. I know they won that one I earlier guess. this year. And everyone uh, was going nuts. Uh, everyone was going nuts because, like, see, he won a primetime game. And I'm like – but is, it, but is this Viking team different because of the sense of like, think about it this year, like how they've won. They've won kind of like the Giants. Seven of their eight games have been my one score or less. Last year was the complete opposite. They were the worst team in one possession games. Now this year, they're winning games. And, and the way that Kirk Cousins but, played last week and that team played, finding a way to come back. Think, now, maybe that's credit to I Buffalo. I think the Bills – Bills blew that game. Like if the yeah. Bills take a damn safety, but still you got, game. but still yeah. you got to take advantage of the mishaps by by your right. opposing, by your opponent, and they did. And Kirk Cousins found a way to win a game where we haven't seen Kirk Cousins do in the past. We usually see Kirk Cousins just falter like over and over again, kind of like how Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys faltered on Sunday Sunday against the Packers. They found a way to win. And I'm not no Kirk Cousins fan, but when you look at these two quarterbacks, I don't know. They feel like the empty calorie team of the NFL this year. It just there always seems to be like one. Well, there always seems to be one team that just gets an incredible record that feasts in the regular season, and you're just so you don't buy. So you're not buying it. Well, even like it kind of reminds me. It it provides. It reminds me of like the Titans last year, who are a good team, but I don't think when they were the number one seed in the AFC last year, you were like without Derrick Henry for the last half of the season you're like uh they don't seem you know they don't scare you it, it's like the mclovin uh id card you're like it this doesn't look legitimate basically like look i the vikings to me i do like that team they have arguably one of the best if not the best receiver in the nfl right now in justin jefferson they're an explosive offense i love dalvin cook but also we've seen cooks had injury issues like if he goes down down the stretch run How's that impact Kirk Cousins? We've seen him go in the toilet when Dalvin Cook isn't out there. And look, they've taken advantage of is the NFC North the worst division in football this year? AFC I mean, South. maybe AFC it's either South. that or the AFC South. I mean, both of them. Hell, you might want to put the AFC West. You might want to put the AFC West. But here's the thing. You look at the <laughs> Char- Chargers are five and four, though. So at least you have a semi team. You look yeah. at both of these teams, they're so similar in the sense of like, both Dallas has got a dominant defense. Minnesota's yeah. got a very good defense, and nobody's really talking about them. Both have explosive offenses, great mm-hmm. running attacks, great number one receivers, great offensive lines, but then it ultimately comes back to the two quarterbacks that you're saying, 
I don't want to buy into you because of the factor of the quarterbacks. That's why when you look at the Mendoza line for this game, I know it's a baseball term, but the Mendoza line for these two quarterbacks is like, are these elite quarterbacks? Are they just missing that line of eliteness? Well, if you've listened to some of the sports shows and this, and we didn't, I didn't take this for another, but then I'm like, this is a big game. You know, here's a Dallas is coming off of uh, a tough loss in Green Bay, which they should have won, like Nolan said. Should have won easily. They had a 14 point lead going in the fourth quarter. They were 195 and all leading when they had double digit lead in the fourth quarter. They blew it. Right. And then you had Minnesota winning a game that they should have not won, but one of the most epic games in Buffalo last week, a big win. So you got two different storylines going. You got Minnesota coming off a big win. You got Dallas coming off a bad loss. And you got two quarterbacks who are like, how good are they? Because if you watch one show, Bart Scott was on Get Up going, Dak Prescott's not a top 10 quarterback. And Trev, you and me. Did, let me ask you guys. Do you oh, believe that this – Tom McCoy was on the other thing going, Dak Prescott, not a top ten, top quarterback. He's like, it's, he this guy has had, since he's been in the league, a abundance of talent, bro. Abundance. The first year he came in, he had all this – unbelievable offense line he's had all these great receivers he's had good tight ends he's had great running backs and it's not like this team is a slouch people are like oh they don't have that wedding weapon let me like, ask you is Dak Prescott a top 10 quarterback I'll ask you both quickly yes or no, no Ted no no Ted Okay. He's right up. He's, he's he, right up to ten. He's 11, uh, 12, 13. He, I think that it's funny because it's like him, Cousins, and Carr, kind of in that like in between. Like they're not good enough to get into the upper echelon, but you know that if you put them pieces around, they'll be good and you'll have a chance to get to the postseason. But they both alter in prime time games and in the playoffs. I'm just I was right. just looking at the stats. I was like, their percentage completion percentage are down in the playoffs. The, their interception rates are up in the playoffs. They both have a losing record in the playoffs. Like, they, it's not like these two teams. It's not like we're talking about our Jets and Giants teams with Kirk Cousins and Dak playing on these teams and they're carrying them. No, like, I'm picking Dallas hard. though. I, I I think Dallas. This is a more desperate game for them because they they they're they're more of a race. Like, let's well, be honest. The division, like, like you said, right? The, before now. Who's going to who's winning that division? Like, even the Bears. I know have been hotter lately, but. There's no team the like the, they, Vikings. Up. Their Vikings have such a big lead that I also wonder: is it going in a weird way? Is it going to be good or bad? Like, will Cousins play great because there is no pressure, or will this team? I think coast that, I say that could the, help them because they could get the number one seed now. I'll go. I Nolan, you say there's no pressure on Minnesota. I think there is even more pressure on Minnesota because of the fact that they won in Buffalo last week. With you going into Buffalo hostile t- territory, you won a game that, yes, the Bills did whatever we want to call it, whatever, that's fine. But if you think about what the way they came back and won, being down 17, now you're thinking, okay, look, everybody's taking you legitimately as contenders. The pressure is on now. There's I, more pressure t- to me from a week ago compared to a week ago because if Buffalo beats I, Minnesota, we're I, all saying, I disagree. Oh, it's if a- the- if they lose this, if the if Vikings lose this game, is what happens? They're still up in their division by a couple no, but, games. No, if the I get Cowboy, that. If the Cowboys lose and the Giants win, aren't the Giants jump them in the standards or tied in the standards? Well, the Giants right. are already the Giants are already in second place right now. They're only a right. game back, so Dallas is right. third place. But I was saying, if Minnesota lost game that game last week, we'd be saying, oh, okay, it's the same old Minnesota yep. winning the well, Buffalo. You know, they won, hold on, but they hold on, but they went we'll in the Buffalo. We'll be discussing either quarterback. Which quarterback played better? I get that, or but we'll the game. Hold on, but I get that. But now that they now that they beat Buffalo, if they went in and they lost to Buffalo, they said, oh, whatever. It's the same old Buffalo is a better team. It, it, whatever. They'll probably make the playoffs, but we don't take them serious. Now that they beat Buffalo, now you've got all the pressure. Yes, the division is all yours. you got a comfortable lead on 
that division, forget about the division. You're not worrying about the division if you're Minnesota. You have a no whole new coaching staff. This isn't Mike Zimmer-led team. This is Kevin O'Connell, a, a dominant offense, a solid defense. The pressure is even greater now than it was a week ago because of the fact that you went into Buffalo and you beat Buffalo. Now you have to keep it rolling. If you're Minnesota, people are starting to buy into you in the NFC. And in a wide-open NFC, that's the thing, guys. There isn't a dominant team in this football season right now. The Eagles are great. The the Bills, I still want to say they're great. The Chiefs, they're great. But there isn't no dominant yeah, juggernaut this year. I know. I know. But hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish this week. With Philly losing and them both having one loss. All right, and point. and they having and like you said, a much tougher division with the NFC East and the NFC North. We get the division. The division's over. Minnesota won the division. That's not going to be a question, like you said. They've won the division. They're like four and a half games up in the division. All right. The question is now is go get the number one seed and continually beat the and, team and that we think say. you usually usually lose. And no, that's what I was trying to say. Is the sense that now that you beat Buffalo, now that you have a home game coming and you have, to, you have Dallas, Dallas, that is a huge game in the sense for both teams because look, people want to continuously take you serious. And in an NFC that's wide open right now, if you go back and lose to a Dallas to Dallas again, which they have in the past, they're going to just be saying, oh. Well, we can't. How, I know that. 2021 in Minnesota, and that's and what we're gonna say. Cooper Nolan was the quarterback last year. If you and remember, that's what. Yeah, Sunday Night Football, and that's what I was gonna say is that if they lose again to Dallas, what are you gonna say? Oh, well, they were just. A, it was a, a flash in the pan last week. A great come from behind victory. If they win, though, now you're just saying, okay, this team's this this team's got something going. But if they yeah, lose, if, it's just the same old Minnesota. But there is more pressure now that there, there was a week ago. Yeah, but I'll they say. still only have one loss though. So like again, like you, I know they're chasing the number one seed, but you, like even if they lose to Dallas, they're I feel they're going to be one of the top two or three seeds, pretty much locked in. I feel it's like they're going to be the second place seed after whoever after probably the Eagles and the NFC East, unless something crazy happens with the Eagles, but who knows with the way. But they're both time with one loss, and I know Philly got the one loss over Minnesota, but Philly's mm-hmm. going to have to play the, the NFC East still. Yeah. There's more chances for them to lose in Minnesota. So every game is more important. Minnesota would rather have the home game I get in the Dome than have to go to Philly or somewhere else. you got to win these games, and because at the end of the day, on Monday morning when we have the Monday morning quarterback review, it's going to be – not if Dallas wins, it's gonna be Kirk Cousins didn't, couldn't be couldn't win good wasn't good enough. That's what it's gonna be. It's I don't know. Even and, and even if if, loses, the question is already going: Is Dak good enough? Did Dak did Dallas overpay for a quarterback that just can't continue to get over? You know what I mean? Like this. That's what happens. Yeah, we're a week to week league. Every week the story goes. Oh, we're yeah. But even if even if the Vikings won, I still would. I don't have faith in Cousins. I mean, there's too much of a track record there. And look, it's one thing when you're playing bad teams and you and just don't history. trust Kirk Cousins. You trust no. the team, though, do you? I you trust. trust I, th- I I think in spite of Cousins, they're winning. In spite of Cousins, who would you take, Dak or Cousins? I would take Dak because I feel Dak can do more. He's a better athlete. He can score with his legs more. And I feel he's got a more proven track record than than Cousins. Look, Cousins, like we've seen it outside of the one game in New Orleans in the postseason. Oh, yeah. He really just comes up short. And yeah. it a lot of it, too, is like it's one thing in the regular season when you're taking on bad teams with bad coaches and we're in the part of the season where, you know, 
are who's going to have jobs. Who's like, you know, we're, we're down by three games of the division, this aching shoulder. I want to take a week off instead of, you know, maybe gutting it out. So we're at that time of season where when you're in the postseason, you're playing the best of the best. And, how would Cousins do against the Eagles defense? How would he do against the Giants Boys, defense? Yeah. I mean, this will be a good litmus test for this because this could easily Both be of these quarterbacks. A, Both right. of these quarterbacks. But this could easily be a matchup because I don't see Dallas winning the division, but getting the wild card, maybe playing Phil, uh, the in Minnesota, I mean, this could be a playoff preview right now. And, uh, you know, if you go out there and you see Dallas mash them, not great. And, and look, like, I get they beat Buffalo last week, but still, like, I know they made the plays when they had to, but if Justin Jefferson doesn't make arguably one of the greatest catches we've ever seen in our lives, if the Bills don't fumble in the damn end, I mean, the Vikings, like, again, and I get it, Trevor, and granted, they did take advantage of when they had to make some plays, but Mm -hmm. that, to me, was a bigger choke job for the Bills than a win by the Vikings. I get it. I get it. And, and the Vikings also survived in London when the kicker doinked it off the upright. I mean, there's hey, been a couple what? Of games this year when they guess been, what? Uh, and what was the week before the Bills game where they were down and they came back? Who were they playing? Uh, who was it? Do you remember? And they it wasn't Green like, Bay. Um, was it like was it, was it the NFC South team? I don't even know. Was it? Uh, guess, all I'll say is this. Well, if you guys wanted to look at all I'll say is sometimes you got to get lucky to win games like that. And then last year was a completely different story for them. Last year they were lose on the losing side of things. This year they're on the winning side of things. Sometimes you got to get lucky in this league to win. Oh, and it was Minnes- the com- it was the Commanders. That was the that was yes, the- and they, oh, yeah, they were down. They the were Minnesota- down in that game. Yeah, and the Minnesota Vikings find ways to win, and that's a credit to the defense. That's a credit to this offense, and and even Kirk Cousins, who at times has made the throws. But this is just another game for both of these quarterbacks, Dak and Kirk. To prove that, hey, maybe we are better than what people think of us. But right now, you guys are at the Mendoza line. You guys are right at the teetering of the factor of elite slash average quarterbacks. Right now, these are huge. This is a huge, huge game for both of these quarterbacks and both of these franchises. For the Vikings, can you continue to roll and have the people say, hey, we're believers in the Vikings? And for the Cowboys... Well, I don't need no explanation. It's the Dallas Cowboys. They got to find a way to win. The New York yeah, Giants they, and New York Jets, two huge games this weekend. Make or break for both of those teams. We'll see how that pans out. You wanted to finish up, Noel? You wanted to say something quick? Yeah, at, le- at least those offensive coordinators weren't caught for DUIs last night. Yeah, did you see that? How the hell do you get hot? Like, well, it's Wisconsin, so there's plenty of beer, and it was cold. So, I mean, yeah, but the bars even, yeah, but bars are even open. I, yeah, I, I mean, he's not on yeah, the bus. There's no team. Oh, I thought he There's... got DUI when he got home. Oh, maybe. Well, still then. Been. I was when he got home. It, it was at six, It was at four twenty-three in the morning. So he was hammered on the. So he was hammered on the plane ride home. One hell of a plane and then ride. He, and probably driving back from the plane ride home. Probably it was like, oh my god, we beat the Packers. The game plan worked. I'm all pumped up. He drove home to. Yeah, what was it? Oh, Pabst yeah, Blue Ribbon. He was pumped up with. Uh, Did he lose you know? his job? What happened to him? Did he lose? I, his job he got a DUI. They, they just reported. And he, and he's he probably gonna get suspended. Fine. He paid his five thousand dollar fine and was and got out of jail this morning. Yeah. So well, if they lost, the, if they lost the Packers, it might have been a different. Uh, you know, <laughs> then he might might have like, been. In. Act like you've been there before, Dan. Hey, at least it's better than Urban Meyer just staying at a bar and you know doing lap dances in Ohio. You know, Ohio. You know. <laughs> So, you know, good. But, ladies and gentlemen, it should be another fantastic weekend of football with the NFL and college football. You saw your boy Buck uh, won manager of the year. Good for him. 
I did, and apparently the Yankees and Mets have collusion with uh, Aaron Judge. I that whole weird thing. So we'll be starting to talk baseball soon. I, I know. I can't wait to hear your comments on that whole Cashman press conference from earlier this week. Because I know <laughs> a- a- Yankee fans are surprised we're outside the stadium with the damn pitchforks and torches. Wait, well, last night you were sleeping on the outside grounds. I'm fed up with. I'm fed up with Brian Cashman. They just resigned IKF too, so we're going to bring the whole band back together and lose to the Astros <laughs> before. But ladies and gentlemen, we are keys of the city. Stream on all social media platforms. We'll see you next episode. We are out. You are now in tune to the Keys to the City. Podcast.